Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I find it very interesting that John begins uh, his section, this section of our epistle, by saying, we also have come to know and trust the love that God has for us. I don't know if I would have thought much about trusting love. The way that our society talks about love is that it's something that you're not even supposed to think about trusting. Love is love, right? If someone loves someone or someone believes they love someone, what right does anyone else have to question that love? Who are you to judge? And yet we do judge or question love all the time. We question whether or not the CDC or the WHO really loves us and has our best interests in mind. We question our governments and people in positions of authority over us and whether or not they love us. We say love is love, but we know by experience that this isn't the case. We can't trust the love of other people. And more often than not, we distrust it. And we demand more. We demand that they love more in specific ways. But John says... We also have come to know and trust the love that God has for us. This is the same John who calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved and who also wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's how we know and trust the love that God has for us. That God gave up his Son. Then John takes this one step further and says, God is love. But is that really how you know that God is love? Through the death of Jesus? Suppose someone would ask you, how do you know God loves you? What would you answer? I think most of us would probably say something like, because he's given me a great family. Because I have my health. Because I live in a free country. Because I'm hashtag blessed. But if we put our trust in God's love because of hashtag theology, we have little reason to be confident in God's love. Or be confident in our salvation, be confident in our daily lives, or in anything. Now, turn any of these around. If you don't have a great family, if you've lost your health, if you lived under a dictator, does that mean that God doesn't love you? Quite simply, by nature, we distrust God's love. We don't believe that God is truly love. We believe God is judge and executioner. 
we try to read God's mind and presume that the evil in the world must be because God is judging someone, but of course not me. If trouble did happen to me, then it must have happened to me unjustly because I never would have deserved this. The evil in our world right now, I don't deserve this. When we think of God as love, we think that means that God is a God who should just overlook my sin and give me what I think I deserve because of my love. But this is the completely wrong view of love. It's a view that makes love the means to an end. It makes love the thing that secures my salvation. But this false view of love is not new. Because this is what the rich man in our gospel lesson also believed. In Jesus' day, it was common uh, to believe, or it was the common belief, that if you were rich or you had a lot of stuff, that meant that you actually were more loved by God. And so when Jesus says that the rich man goes to hell, he's flipping their misconceptions, their false beliefs. Everyone would have been surprised by Jesus saying, the rich man goes to hell. Not the least of which is the rich man himself. Jesus uses the obvious that the rich man didn't love his neighbor Lazarus to signify that the rich man was too comfortable to worry about God, too rich with preoccupations to worry about hearing God's word. He had made himself God. He was hashtag blessed. Now, in our day, we have no problem with this. We have no problem viewing those who are rich as generally more evil people. In fact, as I said before, we have a tendency to automatically distrust people who are rich or who have authority. We want to make them the evil scapegoats. But you don't have to be rich to be the rich man. Jesus said that love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the summary of the law. And in the case of those in authority, we can see very easily all the times that they didn't love someone as they should. But we still have the same problem of making my love or our collective love the source and solution to salvation, the source and solution to sin, the solution to all the world's problems. And so as a result, our whole society right now has elevated the law and love to its highest pitch. Stay inside. Wear a mask. Why aren't you outside protesting? Are you being sensitive enough? Are you being too sensitive? Are you saying too much? Are you not saying enough? Have you done enough? The law condemns. Our love condemns. And the law can never be completed. The law says do this and it is never done. We can never love as we ought. 
we are always like the rich man in our gospel, going about our daily lives satisfied with ourselves, telling others that they, that they ought to love more all the while, our neighbors are begging and hurting outside our own gates. Without faith in God, who is unseen love, there is absolutely no way to show love to those around you who you do see. So the point of the story Jesus tells and of John's epistle is that love, our love for others, is never the solution to the world's problems or ours. Rather, our love is always a result of the love God has for us. And we receive this love of God through hearing. As Jesus says, Moses and the prophets. In other words, the word of God. The first five books of the Old Testament written by Moses and the rest of the Old Testament as written by the prophets. Today as New Testament Christians, we would include also, along with Moses and the prophets, the apostles. The apostles who wrote the New Testament. It's the word of God alone that creates faith. It's not your work. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring this faith to you. And it's faith that makes our works, our love for our neighbors, pleasing to God. Because faith credits to you the perfect love of Jesus. Now, my love as a Christian might not look any different from a worldly perspective from how I loved before as an unbeliever. But to God, because of faith in Jesus, our love is perfect. Because it's the love of Jesus. By faith, I no longer am the rich man, but Lazarus. And more than that, as John writes so profoundly in this statement, in this world, we are just like Jesus. Not because my love has made me that way, but because the love of God has declared me so in faith. And this is game-changing. This idea, this declaration, turns love from law to gospel. From do this to it is done already. And so think about what this means in your own life. Do you have guilt over not loving your spouse as you ought? Your love has been perfected in Jesus. Do you have guilt over stopping short of loving a friend? The gap between where your love stopped and where it should have stopped has been closed by Jesus. The guilt you feel as a son or daughter who doesn't love your parents as they deserved. That inadequate love that you showed has been completed by Jesus. Whatever guilt you feel by failing to love as you ought, 
whether it be in your family or socially in your community, all of it has been forgiven and cleansed by the love of Jesus. And so love has been brought to its goal among us. I didn't get it there, but Jesus did. And this means that on the day of judgment, I don't need to be worried whether or not I loved enough. Because God is love. And Jesus loved me perfectly and loved perfectly for me. There is no fear in love, but complete love drives away fear. Like Lazarus, we will be brought to Abraham's side in heaven. Even though we might be poor in spirit, we are rich in the kingdom of God. We have no reason to fear. As we are like Jesus in this world, so we will be in the next, because we will have a resurrection like his. It's this truth, it's this love of God, this holy absolution that now frees us to love those around us. Not to save our world, but to love it. Because Jesus already has. As our hymn, Lord, Thee I Love with All My Heart, will so beautifully put it later in the form of a prayer. Yea, Lord, t'was thy rich bounty gave, my body, soul, and all I have, in this poor life of labor. Lord, grant that I, in every place, may glorify thy lavish grace, and serve and help my neighbor. So let us live and die unfearing. We have come to know and trust the love that God has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.